So if you would take a Bible there, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. I would like to read just several verses, verses 4 through 10. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. What we have just read in these extraordinary words is a divine call upon the life of a man whose name was Jeremiah. This was a call to speak God's words. The Lord had stretched out his hand and touched his mouth and said, I have put my words in your mouth. This passage of scripture is very personal to me became the basis in my life many years ago now when I sensed the strong call of God upon my life. My brief message to you this morning will be uncharacteristically personal as well. I take seriously the admonition of the Apostle Paul's example when he said, we preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus as Lord. But I'm also mindful that the apostle on more than one occasion made reference to his own calling. He spoke often of his own personal relationship to the Lord, to the one that he was called to serve and to serve in the sufficiency of God's grace toward him. I believe the Bible teaches that true pastors and preachers are divinely called and appointed by Christ in every generation to speak God's words. It is the highest of callings. It is a weighty and awesome and sometimes terrible burden. But Paul declared, and I know the sense of it, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel of Christ. 
It is a stewardship from God for, for which the one who is called must give an account before the judgment seat of Christ. As will those who have heard his message. Jeremiah was reluctant at first to accept God's call. He understood that in and of himself, he was not qualified for such a task. Nor is any man. But the divine calling never comes without divine enabling. God says, it is I who will touch the lips. And it must be my words that are put in your mouth. It is as though God is saying to Jeremiah, I made the tongue and I will employ it for my own ends, saith the Lord. It is not a matter, Jeremiah, of your youth, that is to say, of your inexperience and basic ignorance. It is not about your words anyway or man's wisdom. It is simply and yet profoundly the task of speaking my words, saith the Lord. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet, and for good reason. He was called to proclaim the words of God when the people of God were not of a mind to receive them. Nevertheless, the shameful disrespect the willful disregard, the cruel abuse of God's servant Jeremiah was a price that must be paid if the messenger is to be true and faithful to his call. And Jeremiah was. After all, note what the task involves. We read it in verse 10. Look at it again. To pluck up and to break down to destroy and to overthrow. God's word spoken by God's servant is a work of deconstruction. There are entangled roots of well-entrenched ways in man's thinking and God says they must be plucked up. There are walls of resistance in the sinner's will that must be broken down. There are idols of the heart in God's people which must be destroyed. And there are worldly rulers of the mind and passions of men and women which must be overthrown. This is a big part of the call. No wonder he weeps. For who is sufficient for such a task? Ask Jeremiah or any prophet of old. Ask the apostles and faithful pastors of the first century church and they will tell you that only by the grace of God do such servants of God persevere in such a task. I confess to you freely, vulnerably, openly on more than one occasion usually on a Monday out of my own ordained ministry I've come to realize that taking up the task 
again and again and again and persevering in it is the evidence that it is a divine call. The fact that I remain in it myself, I confess to you, is only by the sustaining grace of God alone. The great Baptist preacher of a century ago told students inspiring to the pastoral office of preacher, he said, young man, young men, if you can do anything else, if you can sell shoes and make a living, do that. Because you better have a call or you will not last. But then make careful note of our text. If there is a work of deconstruction, if people's set minds are to be rooted up, walls of resistance to be torn down, idols of the heart to be destroyed, and every false god of our making to be overthrown, this is the work of the message, not the messenger can always shoot the messenger. Can always fire the pastor. More than once they have shot the messenger, or as is the case with Jeremiah, cast him down into a miry pit or ridiculed and criticized his labors. But you see, the word of God, the message, cannot be bound nor defeated or silenced. God's word will not return void. It will either be the standard of judgment or the instrument of revival. But it will not fail in its God-directed purpose. There's more, thankfully, to verse 10. There's more to the ministry than plucking up and tearing down and destroying. Verse 10 we'll find that the one who sows the seed of truth in tears shall doubtless come again with joy, bringing his sheaves, the fruit of his labors, with him. What does it say? It is also a ministry of building and planting. For to speak the words of God faithfully will require the painful and costly work of deconstruction. But God said to Jeremiah that building and planting would follow. And in the end, it would bring the gratitude of the truly redeemed as they give glory to God for all of eternity. And I'm mindful that for some faithful prophets and preachers, the only well done they will ever hear will come from the lips of Jesus himself and that will be enough. Jeremiah 1.10 speaks of tearing down the old in order to build up something that is new. I think if ever there was a New Testament counterpart to this work, it is found of all places, of course, in the pastor's epistle on 2 Timothy, that young man whose youth, like Jeremiah's, was not to be despised. Timothy must learn to take courage and speak the words of God, even if they threaten tar pits and 
ridicule. The older preacher Paul said this to the young preacher Timothy, and he said it from a jail cell. Now, Timothy, you followed my teaching, my conduct, my purpose, my faith, patience, love, and perseverance, and persecutions and sufferings. Paul says to the young preacher, persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire Timothy to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But know this, evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy already knew this, but Paul wanted to make sure that it was underscored in Timothy's pastoral and preaching ministry. And so he said, Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God and it is profitable for teaching, that is doctrine, for reproof, for correction. You see, there's the deconstruction phase of ministry and it is good for training in righteousness. That's the building up and planting part so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. The New Testament way of putting the Old Testament passage of Jeremiah is to say, I have put my words in your mouth, preacher. And they are words which will pluck up. They are words which will tear down. They are words which will bring destruction to all the false idols of the hearts, even those I name as my own. So preach it. In doctrine, which it is profitable for, we learn what is right. In reproof, which is part of the ministry, we learn what is not right. In correction, we learn how to get right. And in instruction, we discover how to stay right as the people of God. Every pastor who makes such a commitment to have a Jeremiah-like ministry is a pastor that needs a congregation that is willing, made humble by the grace of God to receive those tearing down and plucking up aspects of ministry as well as a willingness to receive the instruction that leads in paths of righteousness. 